Hello and welcome again for a bonus episode of the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. Uh, my name is Sammy Hadjassad, and with me is Benjamin Hunting. Bonus Benjamin Hunting. <laughs> Say hi to the people, Ben. Greetings, bonus listeners. Greetings, indeed. We're coming at you with a very special episode, one where we get to talk about a new car that Ben has driven recently. This is the 2019 Lexus ES. The Tell 2019, us a little bit about it. The 2019 Lexus ES. So... I don't know how many of our listeners are in the market for what the ES represents, but a long, long, long time ago, the ES was the second car to join the Lexus family back in the late 80s, early 90s, when they came to North America after the LS. And what they did back then was they took the Camry platform, and they made it quieter, they gave it a ton of features, and it was mildly restyled, and they sold it at somewhat of a premium, with the idea was, here's a relaxing car to drive. Here, It was basically, I think it's fair to say that the original ES was the Japanese Buick. Would you agree with that, mm-hmm. Sammy? Like, I the think, Buick of that era. Yeah, and, and I, I think we mean that in a, in a, in a more positive way than it sounds. Uh, it's a car that was comfortable, that could fit a lot of lifestyles. It was premium. It was perfectly acceptable for a wide variety of buyers. Yeah, it was that completely unexciting car that was very reliable and comfortable. Absolutely. So what have we got for 2019? What's coming? Well, here's the thing. It's kind of almost exactly the same concept for 2019. Mm. Here is a car that it's not super expensive. I believe it starts at around 39k. The, the pricing has yet to be released. They're going to it goes on sale in September of, of this year. So, okay. uh, while I drove all versions of the car that they had, final pricing is not available. But let's say okay. around $40,000. You're going to get a car that's based on the same platform as the Camry, but it's bigger. It's it's got a longer wheelbase, okay. it's wider, it's longer overall, it's more comfortable inside, and it has a few more features than what you find on the Camry. But it shares the same engine. It's got the new V6, 302 horsepower, 267 pound-feet of torque. You can get a hybrid version, the 300H, which is a two and a half liter four-cylinder. I think it's about mm-hmm. 215 pound-feet of torque. Sorry, 215 horsepower. Um, the One of the crazy things about the hybrid, I gotta get this out of the way, 44 miles per gallon combined. Holy moly. That's, I think, the same mileage as the original first-generation Prius, <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy considering this is a like a 3,700, 3,600-pound luxury yeah. sedan yeah. Uh, versus a tiny little subcompact hatchback, which is what we used to have in Prius land. Anyway, so those, okay, those, are, the base, those some, are the base details. There's some really good things you're, you're telling me here. The the TNGA architecture that underpins the Camry has is pretty solid. It's a pretty responsive... Yeah, I like the Camry uh, a lot. I think the Camry is, is, is quite good. And you're telling me there's these two updated powertrains um, that aren't bad either. 44 MPG is a hard number to beat in the luxury segment. Um, what else is going on with this car? Well, they're trying to make things a little bit more exciting this year. And Mm -hmm. I know that this is where things get a little dicey for Lexus because Lexus hasn't always been known as an exciting brand, whether that's fair or unfair. But in the last 10 years or so, they've really pushed with cars like the RCF, the ISF, the LC. These are genuinely interesting and GSF, interesting and exciting cars in in a lot of ways. The ES, though, the ES has never been part of that. The ES has always been, okay, you do your thing, I'm going to do my steady-as-she-goes reliable thing. And and that's fine. There's there's a place for that in the the Lexus lineup. The ES is their best-selling car. Uh, their best-selling vehicle is, of course, the RX, which is a great SUV. But in terms of four-door sedans or coupes or whatever, the ES leads the way. For 2019, though, 
we're shaking things up. We're getting an F Sport version of the ES. Okay, that's kind of weird. Yes. I don't know if I'm sold on this. Also. Well, it's, it's it's not an ESF, so they're not going like all the way in. But even then, I I like what you said that there's these exciting Lexus models, and then there's these non exciting Lexus models for everybody else who yeah. liked what Lexus used to be. And I <clears throat> I'm in that camp too. Uh, I drove the F Sport pretty extensively. Um, it's the vehicle I spent the most time with. It gets adaptive shocks. It's a little more aggressive on the inside and outside. It, you don't really it's, – it's hard to tell by looking at it, but there are subtle differences. Um, it has the same engine. It has the same 8-speed automatic transmission, which is new for this year. It, mm-hmm. it gains a Sport Plus mode, which gives you more aggressive suspension settings, more aggressive shift patterns. Oh, okay. But aside from that – oh, and the sway bar up front is a little bit thicker, and it's solid as opposed to hollow. And other than that, there's not many differences. 19-inch wheels – uh driving the car <laughs> it's not engaging at all it's the the mm. you know okay so the old lexus is still here yeah the old lexus is still there even even though you're driving the f sport it feels it doesn't really feel sporty it's not a sports sedan whatsoever okay uh, you, you step on the gas and you have decent acceleration off the line but once you get on the highway and you want to pass someone the transmission just doesn't want to put the hammer down it does not want to kick down to the point where you're surging forward it's really gradual how it builds up speed uh on a twisty road not a ton of confidence in the car i mean it's fine but you wouldn't be pushing it and thinking wow this is fun i'm gonna do this again you'd be thinking oh i hope the road straightens out and we can just (laughs) calm down and do what lexus is good at which is a calm drive that's quiet and comfortable you know like that was the that was the okay. big takeaway because I, I drove the hybrid immediately after the f sport and the hybrid's nowhere near as fast but it still feels good like it it, it just felt like a lexus it felt like what i wanted out of the es you know okay. like i don't know if that makes sense but uh, i just want a more subdued es so there's two things here i mean like talking just uh, overarching on this uh, overarching theme here of lexus wanting to be more uh, exciting and they've wanted to do this with some of their other cars. I mean, the the RX, for example, has a an F Sport model, and I don't understand why that's. Yeah, the that's case. A, that's a perfect example. You're exactly right. Why? There's just it's but, just no one's asking for it. Yeah, but seeing an F Sport version of the IS isn't such a bad idea. Um, the ES should definitely it should it should be left alone with this dynamic this more dynamic element. If somebody wants a more exciting a more exciting Lexus. Lexus has those cars, the GS or the L or the LS. Yeah, right? it's it, you know you know you know it's like when BMW started putting M on everything. It's, yeah. it's kind of the same deal, and I just for BMW, I mean, it's a different case because uh, I think that their customers are generally more interested in performance. But for ES, I just don't think the existing customers are going to be like, yeah, I've been waiting for this, and I don't think that yeah. Conquest customers are going to move over to the ES because F Sport exists. I just it doesn't seem to be appealing enough. Maybe if there was more power or all wheel drive, how about yeah, that? I, I'm gonna that drop go that down way. in there. Yeah. Uh but it's not different enough. It's 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 good, it's fine, but why pay more? You know, like stick with the the other versions of the ES. But you know You know what those you saying not different enough makes me think of another problem altogether. Does the ES still have a place in today's um, market segment with the Camry being as good as it is and the Avalon being as good as it is. I, it's, why you know, would you get an ES? It goes beyond that, Sammy. Uh, I think you're you're touching on something that's really interesting. The ES is kind of in a hole. 
it's kind of in a part of the market that maybe doesn't necessarily exist anymore. I mean, because it's so similar to what it did when it first came out. I mean, it's constantly evolved the same concept with the F-Sport being the new exception. But it's it's been doing its thing for 25 years. And at, in, in, in that period of time, something strange and exciting for people who are, you know, <laughs> outside of the Lexus boardroom happened everywhere else, which was you can go into any showroom, any showroom at all on the market right now and get exactly what the ES has to offer in a non-luxury car. Mm-hmm. No question. You can buy a Sonata that's just as comfortable with just as many features. Mm-hmm. You can buy a Maxima that's a little bit bigger, drives Absolutely. much better, has the same level of interior comfort, very nice uh, materials inside. You could buy a pretty nice Ford Fusion, and even the that Kia, is a, even yeah, the Kia, no problem. Kia Optima, uh, and even the Fusion. It's an older design, but you can still get a, a fairly well-equipped model that's very comfortable. So the ES. It's not quite luxury. It's 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 what you used to call premium before premium became the new normal. You know? Yeah. So uh, something happened with luxury cars. They all tried to be really more like this is the silliest word. They tried to become dynamic and that was engaging, engaging distraught. and dynamic. Yeah. You you do do you agree with me? They no, all I totally tried to agree. Be something that that we didn't anticipate as a luxury. They just wanted to be more exciting and interesting. And in the ES's case. It's just out of its element from what I understand. It just it does not seem like that's what it needs to be, right? That's I think that pushing the ES in that direction might come from the idea that Lexus has recognized that its its niche is no longer a niche. And it's I think people buy the ES because they like the quality, they like the reliability, and they're getting the comfort. But in terms of the ES offering something unique, it doesn't outside of those things, it doesn't do that anymore. It's just not the same animal because it's not in the same ecosystem anymore. Mm-hmm. And, okay, you but know, at least it, that hold on, wait. That hybrid model, that's a forty four MPG luxury cruiser. Yes. That can still do the trick. But I mean you can get that in a Camry, right? You can get that in a Camry. I don't know if it's as nice, but it's very, very close. Uh, I would say though that the ES hybrid, the three hundred H is probably the killer app for the ES because there yeah. aren't any other luxury cars really in its price point or segment that deliver that kind of fuel mileage. That being said, hybrids are only 20% of the market for, for ES, which is not huge. No. So it's not necessarily this the the magic bullet that's going to, you know, pull the ES through this this awkward transition period. And um something else I wanted to point out um, companies, you know, we talked about, I talked about Nissan, Ford, Hyundai offering these great sedans that are very comfortable and, and pretty much luxurious by any way you slice it. But then you look at actual luxury brands like Buick and Lincoln, which I think are, were, were equivalent to the ES when it came out. And then the ES surpassed them in a number of ways, but the, the pendulum swung back and yeah. if you, you get a Regal or you get, a, a, an MK, is it the, the Z? Yeah. Um, those cars are quite comparable in terms of features and content, and they have way more power and they have all-wheel drive. Yeah. So it's, you know, the F Sport. If they'd maybe made it all-wheel drive with a turbo or 50 more horsepower, mm-hmm. I think they might have been able to play in that sandbox. But as it stands now, it's just it's an interesting point in time for this particular car. They sell 50,000 a year. I'm very curious to see if that number changes for 2019. Yeah, I'm. I I agree. I'm very curious to see what happens next. 
Um, okay, t talk to me at least, Lexus, they've been doing something really interesting with their styling. Can you describe to me if the ES looks good with this crazy grill or if it doesn't look good with this crazy grill? I don't have a problem with the crazy grill. I've I've never had an issue Will with Will you Lexus acknowledge that it has a crazy grill? It's not crazy. I mean, <laughs> it's definitely less crazy than when this came first came out, the the, the massive okay. grill at the front. I think it's it's you know, remember when Acura came out with that shield and everyone freaked out? It's yeah. it's you know these these designs have a way of normalizing themselves over time. Mm -hmm. uh, I applaud Lexus for doing something different because so many car companies are afraid to do that, and I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna mock a company for trying to stand out. So okay. uh, I am curious to see how the the conservative, you know, Lexus ES buyer quotient or sorry, uh, uh, cohort is gonna approach the car. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it doesn't look aggressive but it it's not anonymous and i think in the past the es has been very anonymous so we'll see what do okay. you think i mean do you think this is like a good direction for the es or is this something they should have left for the more uh engaging vehicles it has more grill than it has before uh and i don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing especially when it doesn't have more like it's like it's not super powerful it's not um it's it looks like it's trying to be tough and it's sporty when it shouldn't be as i said before I don't know if, I, if I'm sold on this new direction. However, Lexus recently, all new generation Lexus models have had interiors that have blown my mind, like has actually made my mind melt. The new Lexus LS and LC have beautiful interiors. You can't deny that. Tell me why why would I deny that? You say that like like somehow like I'm like, oh, I've been trapped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, you know how I know how these conversations go, Ben. You deny it. We have a 45-minute conversation. Next thing we know, we're saying we're saying our Twitter names and saying goodnight. Um, Twitter okay. handles, Sammy. Twitter handles. Our Twitter handles. Um, what's the Lexus ES interior like? Does it still live up to the bar set by those previously mentioned cars, the LS and the LC? Definitely not. Oh, what? It is not on the same level. I haven't been in the new LS, but I've been in the LC, and you're right. It's great. It's the, amazing. The ES is fine, but it's far more Camry than it is LC. Uh, it's just uh, I'm okay, gonna then. I'm really uh, I I think I should recuse myself because we were in pre-production models. Okay. There were some aspects of the car that I don't feel confident will make it through to production. Okay. I feel like there is room to improve in the pre-production models in terms of materials and fit and finish. Mm -hmm. I don't think I should necessarily base my opinion on the production car on what I drove. And in my reviews, okay. I, I said similar things. I, I kind of avoided that area of discussion for that reason. Um, okay, so if there's a reason that remote touch is inside the car, it's because it's a pre-production car. And they have no, to no, I'm gonna, it. I'm gonna, we're gonna talk about remote <laughs> touch. That's where I'm going next. Um, so in case people don't know, remote touch is the infotainment interface for Lexus, and it requires the use of a laptop-like touchpad. That is – okay, Ben, take it from here because I'm not going to say something very nice. Okay, so uh, just before we, we eviscerate remote touch, there is a new heads-up display in the ES that's huge and pretty cool. The display for remote touch, the LCD screen, also big, also pretty cool. However, it's not a touch screen. You have to use that pad that Tammy was talking about. The pad is terrible. <laughs> remote touch – is the worst infotainment <laughs> system 
in the industry. And I'm gonna I'm gonna explain why I say that. It's not because oh Ben just personally doesn't like it or he has issues with the the graphics or something. No, it's it's the worst because it's dangerous to use while you're driving. Because in order to use it, you have to divert significant amounts of attention to this touchpad and the screen because of how uh, awkward the 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 menus are accessed how awkwardly the the cursor moves around on the screen and how difficult it is to be precise using a finger while driving going over bumps whatever on this touchpad which also has haptic feedback which further moves your finger around there were times when i was driving the es on this program i had to stop using remote touch because i almost went off the road and that sounds really dramatic to say but uh it's the truth i did not feel comfortable using remote touch and it's not just an es thing so don't think i'm beating up on the es for this this is across the board for lexus mm -hmm. it's an issue that they haven't addressed and it's something they need to take care of because there's no other system that requires the same level of attention and the same that provides the same amount of distraction to use even companies that like mazda's system with the rotary controller it's not great, but you can also use the touchscreen if you would prefer to do that. It's available yeah, as an option. Part. Yeah, so it's there. There, there needs to be uh, a change with remote touch. It's so ingrained. It's across the whole lineup. And I'm, I realize I'm saying really strong words. Saying something is dangerous. That's that's a really strong opinion to have. But I did not feel comfortable driving and using that system at the same time. So I would just leave the radio on. The, you can use their steering wheel buttons so you can get around some of it. But if you want to use the navigation, you have no choice. It's you're really locked into this. And there's some other as there's other systems in the car where you have to use it. So that that's that's how I feel. How do you I, feel about it, Sammy? I think it. I agree with you. I think it's time for Remote Touch to go. I I think it's time for Lexus or Toyota to work on something that is not Remote Touch. That is not even close to remote touch it's time for a whole new uh, a whole new system however it is worth pointing out that this is the first car in the lexus lineup to get apple carplay support so at least there's something there for people who don't want to use the same um interface but you still have well, you'll still have to use that touchpad to do stuff um, which is annoying which is sad however i will go back to what i said um that huge head-up display is uh, taken straight from the Lexus LS, if, if my memory serves correctly. So there is some some trickle down from the bigger car. Oh, definitely. And uh, there's there, the controls for the um, drive modes and the stability control and traction control and whatnot, they're mounted on the top of the cockpit gauge hood. Mm. So that's where you would find them on the LC as well. So there's a lot of recurring themes that you'll find inside Lexus vehicles. And and then that that's cool. I, it's you, you want to see that kind of family resemblance. Absolutely. Um, okay, and Ben, any any more? I mean, I think we've, we've summed up the ES as best as we can. Is there anything else you want to add here? No, not particularly. I, it's, I think that the ES, I think that existing buyers will probably like it. I mm -hmm. don't see it really forming new allegiances because of what we talked about, about how there's so many other cars that offer the same or better at a similar price. And it's just diluted the market to the point where the ES is no longer the only answer for quiet comfort. You know, All right. So that, that's kind of how I feel about the car. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to yet another episode, another bonus episode of the Unnamed Automotive Podcast. If you want to listen to previous episodes or you want to subscribe, you can follow us on at theunnamedautomotivepodcast.com, where you can subscribe to our podcast through whatever application you use. Uh, we include support for Google Play Music, Apple Music, Apple iTunes. Uh, CastBox, and even Spotify. So click on whatever one you like best, and you can um, listen to us 
forever and always. <laughs> and if you want to if you want to ask us if we're going to do more bonus episodes or if you think we should do more bonus episodes, you can get in touch with us on the Twitter. Uh, Sammy's handle handle right Sammy it's handle. Yeah. Sammy's handle. handle. It's at Sammy underscore ha like you're laughing and mine is at hunting Benjamin or you can email me. Please email me Benjamin at BenjaminHunting.com. And uh, you can also find us on Facebook and message us there. There's It's Unnamed Automotive Podcast. Just type that in your Facebook bar or whatever they call it. And we swear we're not going to monetize your data. I promise. Thank you for listening to another bonus episode of the podcast. Bye.